overthink it. What did you see? There's a lot of realities of life. The grass never stops growing. Ah, I got it. <laughs> see, all you guys are looking for the spiritual thing in it. But nah, nah, Graham got it. Graham got it in one. The grass grew back. Just give it to us from about a minute 15, Steve, if you can. Just so you know, reality of life. See, this won't happen in heaven. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. Just don't disturb. Some dads, some dads are smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> thanks, Steve. What do you reckon? Oh, it's not happy. It's thrown a wobbly. No, I just thought that was kind of cute. Because see, in heaven, that's not going to happen. When you mow the lawn in heaven, it stays mowed. (laughs) And is it coming? It's coming. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah. It's kind of tricky. All right. (laughs) Yep. All right, minute 15. And now, one thing I'd like to do at the end of our sharing together this morning, it's a bit more of a preach and less of a teach, but if, you, if we had a, a favourite scripture that we would like to leave or give to our kids, what might it be? And, and of course, the thing about, the thing about life in, in God <coughs> and life in Christ as a spiritual family we all have spiritual mums and dads and spiritual sons and daughters. So the, the responsibility to be kind of grown-ups, here it is. <laughs> Did you see it? That's pretty cool. I thought, well, I thought it was. There you go, now we can move on with the rest of our lives. Um, I, I've been saying in the newsletter, one of the things that stuck with Bev and I when we were young parents and that going through, we heard... Uh, Tony Campolo, when he was in Melbourne, he came and uh, it was at a thing and he spoke and he talked about 10, uh, ten ways, you know, back in the 90s, how all the, all the sermons and stuff were 10 ways to be happy, 10 ways to be successful, uh, 6 ways to be happy though married, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. This was 10 ways of how to be a good parent. However, I didn't remember the 10 ways. The thing that stuck me... With, with us really over the years was give them roots, give them wings. And, and it kind of stuck with And we did a reasonable job. What do you reckon, Dan? Yeah. Be, being a parent is an imperfect science uh, as you figure. And you, by the time that you figured out the six-month-old, they're two. And by the time you figured out the two-year-old, they're five. Why are we behind the game? All the time, I remember that, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. And interestingly, if a, a month or so ago, I found in an old journal type book the notes that I'd taken from that particular message that Tony Campolo had given. It was back in nineteen, yeah, back in the nineties, nineteens for a start. Um, in ninety seven, March ninety seven, uh, and I thought, well, okay. I took pretty thorough notes. It's like twice the amount of notes that I might normally have for a morning here. That's pretty scary. Here I am again trying to hack it back, hack it back. That's my, my life is hack it back. And then, then as I can't, I find it hard just to sort of do something 
I, I like preach somebody else's message. I don't normally do that. Although I must say, once at um, one church I was at, um, I, I preached somebody else's sermon. I preached a Bill Hybels sermon. And, and I let everybody know at the beginning, I said, look, this is really terrific. Um, and it, it was pathways to God and I was talking about how we were wired up and all of that. And it was really excellent stuff. And one dear, dear older fella came up to me later and he says, mate, that, Captain, that was the best sermon I've ever heard you preach. <laughs> he said, I didn't read the, the war cry or my Bible at all. I took notes. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, I think. <laughs> anyway, I, I did mess with it a bit and, and it's really kind of a combination of, of thoughts. But it is fairly simply two things. And, and so for us, and I'd like to, to think we have a little bit of time at the end of our time of worship together to fling it open a bit. I've got the roving mic here. And don't, don't kind of worry about it and, and spend the whole time trying to think what scripture might I share. But this is to mums and dads, guys and gals, youngers and, youngers and olders. If there was a, a, a scripture that comes to you while we're speaking this morning, that's about how we might give our young, young ones roots uh, and how we might give them wings. Okay, and you know the word of God is peppered with stuff like that isn't it might be your favourite scriptures here we go give them roots give them wings Jeremiah 17.8 says they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream it does not fear when heat comes its leaves are always green it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit and Colossians 2.6, some of these verses will be very familiar to some of us. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Roots, real simple. Make rituals, make rituals. It's a sense of belongingness, being, being rooted and grounded in, in life, in faith, in family life. Now, what Tony went on to say pretty, pretty powerfully, and it was really interesting hearing, hearing our young guys share about some of the traditions and some of the ritual that they had grown up with. And some of us do this perhaps without even realising that that's what we're actually establishing is, is a ritual in, in our family or in our church life or in work life. Uh, I mean, what about sporting clubs and sporting teams and the kind of rituals or the haka that, that we, we are forced to endure every time we go anywhere near New Zealand? <laughs> One day we're going to come up with something better than that and that's saying something. We're going to have to work really hard to come up with something better than that. Not waltzing Matilda. <laughs> I, somehow I can't see that waltzing Matilda would strike fear into the heart of the opponent as much as that Harko does. You can imagine. Just uh, we we thank we thank the cosmos because uh, that they're not tattooed like those early Maori warriors were. You know, boy. Ritual gives a sense of stability 
to life. Churches do ritual very well. We, um, we shared in a ritual moment this morning that was very precious when we shared the communion. Rituals help keep us focused, help keep us committed. Rituals generate group solidarity. Have you seen that when a, when a footy team or a sporting team get together and they, they do a special little chant before the game and they all put their hands in the centre or, and then do something together? It's a ritual that they do. Some people wear special socks. Uh, when I went to the footy last week, I wore my last remaining Carlton sock uh, on one, <laughs> one foot. <laughs> uh, if I'd had the other sock, we would have got that last point and we would have won instead of drawn. How could you, how could you miss? How could you miss from there? Manage to kick, you cannot get a point for kicking into the goal square. Anyway, let's not get carried away with, with that particular thing. Rituals have a way of rekindling faith um, of the past. And Tony Campola made the point, and it's interesting, uh, because you, you and I know that rituals can be empty as well. They can be meaningless. Um, uh, as a young person growing up in church where we did practice communion every week, I had to kind of work against the to remind myself and, I, and I, like, I appreciate the fact that here at Monty we spend some time kind of positioning that, that moment in our worship rather than going through it in a ritualistic kind of way that can be empty for us. However, the ritual is there so it gives us opportunity for better or worse to participate in something and, and Tony Campolo reminds us that in, in Muslim faith practice there are five times a day when they are reminded about their faith. Five times a day they bow to Mecca or pray and they rebuild their faith in some small way depending on their, their, their passion for their faith. Five times a day. Rituals bring the past up to the present. Illustration of the Jewish Passover. You know the four questions? that they ask at the Jewish Passover. It's a family celebration, it's, a, it's a, an around the table at home celebration, the Passover. It's actually one question with four answers uh, and it's usually the youngest in the family asks this question every year when they remember that Passover that happened over 4,000 years ago-ish and we can read about that leading us into Exodus in the what we would call the Old, Old Testament in the Hebrew Scriptures. Why is this night, says the youngest one uh, in the family, why is this night different from all the other nights? They say that question. Yeah, sorry about that, Steve. And, and sorry about those folks who are listening on our podcast this morning. I didn't mean to knock my mic. Bless you guys as, and gals as you listen to uh, the word from Monty. Uh, why is this night different from all other nights? They ask that question ritualistically every year. Did you know the answers? On all other nights we eat bread or matzah, while on this night we eat only matzah. On all other nights we eat, and the question's asked again, on all other nights we eat all kinds of vegetables and herbs, but on this night we have to eat bitter herbs. Why is this night different from all other nights? On all other nights we don't dip our vegetables in salt water, but on this night we dip them twice. Why is this night different from all other nights? 
On all other nights we eat while sitting upright, but on this night we eat reclining. Now, that's one of these things that if you're growing up within a Jewish uh, family, you would know the answers before the questions even asked. You grow up with it. It becomes embedded. It's something that we do, but what does it do? What does it remind us to? What is the ritual purpose for? Communion reminds us of Christ's death. Baptism reminds us of Christ's resurrection. We do these things because they are significant. Rituals generate feelings and emotions. Now the traditional marriage ritual. How many of us, when we go to a wedding ceremony, uh, take the opportunity to reflect on perhaps if we, we are blessed, and I use that word advisedly, to be married, um, do we use the opportunity to remind ourselves of our promises to each other? Uh, do we take ourselves back to our wedding day ourselves? Or do we say the, the promises again to ourselves to, in, our, in our own hearts? Are not every wedding ceremony we go to opportunities for a, a reaffirmation within ourselves of that which we committed to, perhaps for many of us, many, many years ago? Many Jewish rituals are celebrated around the table at home and the high levels of family ritual build strong roots. High ritual builds high togetherness like Christmas times, family times, holiday times. Rituals around the Bible, we heard some of that this morning too. Um, it's not easy to have, I grew up remembering recalling the times when Dad would leave us in a family devotion after our evening meal. I also remember the fact that we used to have dessert every evening meal back in those days. Homemade ice cream, which was great, great way of recovering from having been fed tripe. <laughs> Rituals to do with Bible, prayer, family devotions. Now, I found this a tricky thing. Uh, Rachel gets a couple of Guernseys this morning because uh, our eldest daughter, because she was a bit impatient with the family devotions, it was really hard to keep that rolling. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you have a young family, it can be really, really hard to keep that family ritual, that table time in, in place. Home and Away had just begun back in those days and, and I had to make sure we were ready for home and away. If home and away had started, forget trying to have family devotions quietly and peacefully around the, around the table. But they're worthwhile pursuing. That table time is so under threat in today's world, isn't it? Time with each other. So, uh, and it's, I, I don't think it's ever too late. You know, it might have been a lumpy journey for us. We might have been good or bad or there were moments when we were fantastic and there are other moments where it just fell away. Our, our kids love the holidays. One of the nice things about being in ministry was uh, for those 20 odd years, apart from previous to that when, when we were running our own business and doing things like that, was that we had to go on holidays. You, you know, we had to leave the house. Uh, be away from the house, otherwise it just there was no such thing as a holiday. And um, our kids really loved those driving holidays that we'd go through. They loved Friday, Friday night movie night, 
we'd go and hire a video and watch movie night and, and even right up into most recent years when uh, Rach was still living with us at home, she'd, have, she'd work in Brisbane, we were at Nambour, she'd drive home for the weekend and um, so we would hire a video. We, we were the remnant. Dan had gone, John, Jono had gone, Rachel was kind of partially gone. She'd come back and, can we hire a video and watch, watch the movie, a movie tonight? And we would. We'd go and hire a video. We'd put it on. Within five minutes, both mum and Rachel were asleep <laughs> in the couch. <laughs> you know, first time they'd stopped all week. And it was hopeless. Yet we would keep doing it. She would keep coming and say, watch the video tonight. And we put the video on. Five minutes later, they're both asleep and I'm watching this chick flick. Something's <laughs> <laughs> not kind of way working out real well here. Rituals create emotional stability. Praying at bedtime, closing off the day. I remember one, one pastor fellow, he used to say, first word, last word. First word, last word. The first word uh, on his lips were prayers to the Lord. You know, when he woke up in the morning. The last word on his lips when he was going to bed at night was a prayer to the Lord. He opened with the word of God. He finished with the word of God. First word, last word. Became ritualistic about that. But how powerful is that? How powerful is that? The, the, in a sense, being able to, at the end of every day to reset back to default, to, to rejig. You know, the word of God says, don't, don't ever let the sun set on your anger. Um, there's some real wisdom there about that, isn't there? Being able to, to let the rituals of life um, bring power to our living, uh, resetting, refocusing, reshaping. Every day is a new day. Every sunrise is a new day with potential blessing, with potential tra- challenge. And, and to be able to start as fresh as possible every day. And that's where that ritual of time with God alone. I, some of is, is um, 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 I love that when I go to mention a name and it drops out of my head. Anyway, well, David and John were a couple. David Owens found me in my dressing gown on Friday morning. They came and knocked on the house. Gwen had dropped her, that's right, Gwen Launton had dropped some cupcakes around for, for Friday night, kids club. And, and I'm there in my dressing gown and my Ugg boots and my beanie, I think I had the beanie on. I mean, can you imagine? Everybody walking past who might have been, you know, part of the Monty Church is going, that is not our pastor. <laughs> That's some Darrow. Uh, what are you doing in that house? Get out! <laughs> we should be careful about even saying that, I guess, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> and I had to try to explain that I had been kind of on the phoning and, and I'd been in the emails and I'd been getting the newsletter bits finished off and, and trying to remember prayer points and trying to remember notices and, and trying to get my head together into some space and I was straight into it. Raf caught me one morning too. Uh, he said, you had a notice about you know 24-7 and I said, well, yeah, but that's phone calls. That's not dr- knocking on the door 24-7. But uh, how much different when, if in my life I was solid enough and strong enough in my ritual of spending time, first word, last word, first word, first breathing moments I have is with the Lord. That's so much better. And I can get the rest of my day 
going then. You know, I can get dressed properly. It, I, I'm that kind of person. I've got to watch it. I am task oriented. I, I love nothing better than to be able to launch out of bed if ever I do launch out of bed and get stuck into some things because I get inspired with things and doing stuff like that. Are you wired up like that? Some of us are better at doing ritual than others. Some people find it just a natural place to be. I find it really helpful because I'm a creative kind of spirit so therefore I'm hard to pin down and um, there are still a few counsellors lost in my head here somewhere, tried to help me once. They got in and they haven't been able to find their way out yet which is really good because I have plenty of people I can talk to when I'm on my own. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, so ritual marks moments. Ritual recalls the past. Ritual brings balance and reset. You, you know, rejigs, restabilizes ourselves. Mark one thirty five says, "In the morning, long before daylight, he got up, meaning Jesus, and went out to a deserted place." And there he prayed. And to me that's a real inspiration. I thought I would love to see the ebb and flow of my life, the incoming and outgoing tides of my life built around that kind of ritualistic commitment. It's got to do something powerful for your spirit, hasn't it? And your soul. So giving them roots, building ritual... Uh, into into life that's heads in the best direction, giving them wings. Now, uh, from what I understand, well, actually, Tony Campola mentioned this. He said Japanese would, Japanese people are very ritualistic, and did you know that they have typically a very low crime rate? They're very stable people. Now we know them to be very ritualistic people, and Japanese parents generally want their kids to grow up to be successful. If you asked, apparently at the time, this is back late 90s, if you asked American parents or Aussie parents what they wanted for their kids, they wanted their kids to grow up to be happy. And, and so it's an interesting kind of cultural difference there. So we want to give them roots, but we want to give them wings. And part of that for me was also giving them walls, boundaries. It's good if we can set clear boundaries with our young people. They need to know what to push up against. If we don't give them boundaries, what they push up against in the end is far outside of our framework. We, to be able to figure out what they will uh, take on board for themselves, being able to present them with a framework, they need to know. Tony Campolo said, our children need to learn early in life that uh, you can't meet needs and have everything you want. It's an interesting point isn't it? You can't meet needs and have everything you want. Have you ever noticed if you're a parent uh, how kids can see through us? How they, they kind of get you figured? Pretty, pretty early. This is kind of scary stuff, isn't it? They know who you are. Is the hardest place to be reflecting Jesus in the home? Is that the toughest place to be a Christian? You, you know, they, our children see us on our very best days and on our very worst days. That's our humanity. Being real is important. But being able to live a life of integrity before our children, being able to model, be Christ-like, to be like Jesus, doesn't mean being perfect, 
but it certainly means being uh, one who lives with integrity, uh, dependability, being able to share life with them in positive ways. And Campola made the point, thinking about giving our young ones what our Heavenly Father wants to give us. What are, what are the sort of things that we might say that God would like to bless us with? And how might we then look at ways that we can pass that on to our own children? It's not a bad thing to think about actually. What would God want me to have in my life? That's probably not a bad starting point for seeking to impart those kinds of things to our, to our young people. This being real and being a good role model and giving to our children what the Lord would want to give to us extends to grace and love when someone screws up, to use Campolo's words. Romans 5.20 says, I remember it in the old King James, where sin doth abound, grace doth more abound. Does that ring true, Romans 5.20? You've got to be careful how you say that. When sin... When where sin doth abound, grace grace doth much more abound. <laughs> I'm so pleased they've got a new King James, with no dusts and things in it. That that life, that family of grace, that that place of grace, that place of love, that place place of compassion. These are things uh, which God wants to impart to us, which we can so uh, powerfully impart to our kids. You know, some folks pursue happiness in life and miss out on abiding joy. Some folks pursue endless excitement and miss out on deep satisfaction. Some folks pursue material comforts and miss out on the blessing of sufficiency. Did you know, if you do what God wants you to do, says Tony, happiness will follow you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Bring our kids up with a sense of destiny. If you want to give your kids wings, envision them, inspiring them to greatness as God sees greatness. Would we understand what that might look like as to how different that might be to how we might see greatness? None of us is here. None of our young people are here by accident. We are all here for a purpose. They are here for a purpose. They were divinely appointed before the beginning of time. 2 Timothy 1.9 He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. There's something really powerful for each one of us to come to that understanding that we were in a very real sense, not just in a, in a mythical sense, in the heart of God before we were even conceived. We belong to him. There is high destiny in that. There is high purpose in that. And the secret to our peace and happiness is in losing ourselves in Christ. Not many people get that. Dedicated to serving God, to serving others, living, living sacrificially for others. These are the kinds of things that we're seeing in the life of this church here. 
you, you know, look at the look at the level of support that we get when we have a meeting about a missions trip or something. Fantastic. Families are thinking about what they can do. As families, our young people are very committed to being out and serving others and being Christ to them. Tony Campolo back in 1997 said that $2,400 a year supports a school of 40 kids in Haiti. $2,400 a year, pocket money for us, that's what coffee's for a year perhaps, would support a school in Haiti of 40 people, 40 young people. Wow. So, who has a scripture that we might like to share? It's Psalm 127.3 Sons are a heritage from the Lord Children a reward from him Like arrows in the hands of a warrior Are sons born in one's youth I once heard a lady say that um, We sharpen our arrows And we um, Well I'm not much of an archer But whatever you do to the feathers So that the arrow flies through And when they're ready We shoot them And they go much further than we can go Mm. And that's been my prayer, that the Lord can take them through much further than we can go. That's lovely. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mike 6, 8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, John. This was mentioned in the a uh, couple of weeks or so ago, I think it was last week, in Proverbs 3. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Thank you. I remember my grandfather gave me those verses when I was a teenager. I was a bit despondent because my younger brother had left school early and had a job and he was getting money and I was still at school studying and I wasn't... I was just feeling a bit flat about it, you know. And, and I got a little note from my grandfather and he quoted those verses, Proverbs 3. Five and six, and I loved it in the Living Bible, which was all the rage for me back in the 70s. It, it said, um, when it says, "Lean on not not under your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will crown your efforts with success." And and I, I found that really encouraging. You know, I love the way the Living Bible spun things sometimes. Thank you, John. We had this quoted to us this morning from Joshua 24. Uh, Choose this day whom you'll serve. As for me, my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm. That's a very strong foundation verse, isn't it? Very good for building in roots. On you, Rob. This is just from John chapter 3, verse 36. 
Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. I think uh, like that's a very serious verse, but I just want to see my kids knowing the choice that's before them. There's only two ways to live and hope and pray they make the right one. Amen. The Merry Dance. Truth and Grace. Truth and Grace. Grace and Truth. Truth and Grace. Yeah. I had a, a picture uh, come to me. Now, there'd be so much scripture floating around in this room right now. So we'll, we'll ask the Lord to, <clears throat> to bless the fruit of that to our own lives as they've come to each one of us. But, but I had an illustration. A, a thought came to me when, when I was thinking about this and finish with this. Give them roots, give them wings. A sure foundation from which to launch. And I was, I was thinking of the space shuttle. And you know how uh, uh, some of you have probably been to NASA and, and seen some of the, the launch pads that they've built, maybe even experienced a, a launch for yourselves. The, but for what I can make out, having seen some movies, you know, uh, the huge amounts of concrete. The, the, it's just like uh, great um, masses of it. Uh, I'm thinking of what's the word? Bunkers, you know. Huge, thick foundations of concrete that they can perch this rocket on. You know where I'm going, don't you? In terms of giving uh, our young ones <coughs> roots and wings. The idea of this, this humongous great space shuttle that is designed to fly in space. It's not designed to sit on a launch pad. But it is bolted to rockets, uh, huge great um, cylinders full of rocket fuel. And that thing takes off. It has a sure foundation in the launch pad and it has a way of dispelling all the, the rocket fuel and that and, and the thing just kind of pushes up off the ground from there. But that's not launched yet, technically. The, the, the three-stage rocket gets you up, it gets, the first stage drops off once it's done its work and then the second stages drop off when it's done their work and before you know it, that shuttle is in space under its own power, in its own orbit with the capacity to land in its own strength. And I found that kind of a powerful picture. I thought, yeah, that's what we're doing. We, we're actually, there's a point in our lives, if we are blessed to be parents, but we're all parents of young ones within the family of this church. Uh, we all have an influence to play. And to, to me, being able to bring our young ones to a point where they launch in themselves. They fly for themselves and they fly, fly well. I love the quills and the arrows, you know, the shutting. They fly well because we uh, have helped them to get to a point where they can do so and do what they're designed to do, which is to thrive in Christ.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for the Father heart of God. We thank you uh, that you have revealed yourself to be this God that sticks closer than a brother, that you desire rich fellowship with us, that you desire to establish relationship with us, that you've called us into your eternal family, that you have adopted us as sons, which, which is, is, is an adoption that brings to all of us, both he and she, the riches of your inheritance, of your glory. There is no higher place that you can place us. And we thank you, Lord, for the powerful image that you give us. We do, we do not serve an angry, um, vicious God. We serve a God who, who loves and extends grace and is patient. We thank you, Lord, that you have shown us clearly your truth, justice, the holy ways and we would seek to set uh, our lives on a straight course. Help us, Lord, in our own personal lives to build uh, ritual, uh, to build solid foundations for living in such a way that we can fly, that we do have wings, we rise up like eagles. And, and as we are in places of influence over those who come along behind, who, who come after us, we would seek to lift them up and effectively lift them up and over us that they too may fly and rise up as you have called them to. Give us wisdom, give us courage to stand firm on that uh, which you have called us to be in representing Christ to our people. Give us discernment so that we can see your, your light and your truth clearly and walk in your ways. And envision us, Lord, each one of us, wherever we are, are in the cycle of life, we're all still kids in the light of eternity and we know that you are never done with us and so, Lord, we would want to, even in this day, uh, find wings to rise up and, and, and serve you with a powerful vision for seeing uh, your kingdom of God extended and us being about your purpose in the centre of your will and there when we find our satisfaction. May every family here this morning experience your presence in the everyday in their homes. In the good and the bad and the ups and the downs, the twos and fro's, Lord, we thank you that you are abiding within us and that makes a huge difference. And bless us as a people here at Monte, Lord, in this church as we seek to be light and life and the way to light and life for those that are here in our community. We pray, Lord, that our families will be strong, will stand firm through the challenges that we all face 
that we would find victory in you. We commit our ways to you, Lord. Part us with your blessing and as we celebrate the rest of this day in whatever way that might be, we thank you that we have been able to gather in your house to worship you. So we lift you, the name of Jesus up in this place. King of kings, Lord of lords, you are mighty and worthy. <coughs> Hear the prayers that we've prayed for family and friends this morning as we have interceded for them during our worship and travel with us through this week. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.